the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for being with us today for the Friday edition oh, of The Ride John, Home. Oh, John, it's a Friday. It's a regular show. It's a real show. It's Friday programming. Mm-hmm. It's everything a person could want. And it's summertime. Yeah? And we got peaches. Everything's good, is it not? Everything's the very peaches. good. The peaches. Over the t- so good, I had to order my own. Yeah. A story coming up on today's show. Plus, we had a Christmas party here at the studio today. Today, today, today. Christmas in July, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was weird because, you know, we've been back in the studio now, maybe going on five weeks or so. Mm-hmm. But we had there were people five new employees showed up at the Christmas party. Seriously, there were five people in the room, mm-hmm. and that I don't that I didn't recognize. Don't, I, I made everybody. And Christy, our producer, was not one of them. No. <laughs> no, it was wild. It was really good, and we, we did, had a great uh, time. Yeah, lots of wonderful. Do you see the refrigerator? No, is it filled to the maximum? There's so much as far as leftovers. Chrissy, do not leave here today. Take take <laughs> oh, everything. This you is can my with dream you. come true. Please you go to that refrigerator. I mean, for somebody and... who's broke, I mean, there's no better gig. <laughs> That's yeah. right. You can have a very happy weekend if you enjoy eating. Believe me, uh-huh. there's a lot of food in there. And uh, wow, well, it's a spring house too. Yeah, we want to thank Marsha and all uh-huh. the gang at the spring house for being so kind to us yep. and uh, you know supporting our Christmas in July. And speaking of kindness and supporting, how about our fundraiser for the last three days? Is that nice? We had such a good time getting to know uh, Tom Adama and Jack Hibbard yep. and their ministry, Heart for Lebanon. We just, I mean, I know you think, oh, gosh, they fundraise all the time. And we do. Uh, we do. No, no, no. A lot. Yeah, we do. Well, I mean, we ask, not all the time. Yeah, we ask people. Um, We're trying to, to do good work. We are trying to do good work, but we put out an ask often to people. Uh, yep. And I just have to say that it's it's wonderful to hear what people are doing who believe it. in Jesus around the globe. I get, I just love it. I, I love it. I love it. I mean, again, when people give, whether it's $20 or $116 or, you know, $1,500 or more, you think you didn't wake up this morning and think that you were going to do that, but somehow God placed yep. it on your heart and you, and people are going to be helped, which I love so much. Yeah. It's a long road from here to the refugee camps in Syria, but that is a cool thing. So thanks everybody. It really is. Thanks to everybody who was yeah. a part of that. And, and your prayers um, as well. Yeah. So pray for those people. I mean, what a life circumstance they're in. So if you're looking for a place that you want to give, and you heard us talk about Heart for Lebanon, you didn't have a chance to do it yet, don't worry, because you can just go online mm-hmm. to wordfm.com and do it right now. I'm into that. All and right. Maybe after we do the top four. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of the top four, well, wait, should we do this? What time is it, please? <gasps> it's time for me to tell you. Tell me what. Your weekend has begun. Oh, yes. It's seven minutes past the four o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon. I would say truly all is right and well, at least in this corner of the world. Kath just turned on the heater in the <laughs> studio. Turn on the heater. Right. Just You're in the studio. Turned it on. Yeah. I was listening to an, another pro- program today coming in, and uh, apparently one of the hosts had to like scratch himself. And the other guy said, don't lift up your shirt. We are on camera. I heard that. I can see your belly. I heard that. I heard that when that happened. I mean, I was like, we're on camera. 
No one's lifting up their shirt in this studio. Yeah, I promise you. No, that is not going to no, happen. But no. I will turn on the space heater. Don't you worry about that. Sure, why not? You get to see that. All right. As we always do, we get underway with the show. Kath gives us an overview of the news stories of the day. Won't you please, Kath, give us the top four at four. For Friday, July 23rd already. Mm. Here it goes. 2021. Number one. The opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics began this morning in a largely empty stadium as cases of the coronavirus in the host city hit a six-month high. Friends and families of competitors were among those barred from attending the ceremony in person to prevent the spread of the virus. CBS News reports that tennis star Naomi Osaka lit the cauldron atop a peak inspired by Mount Fuji, ending the flame's journey from Greece to Japan. The four-time Grand Slam winner dipped the flame in the cauldron to mark the formal start of the Games, and then fireworks filled the sky. Nice. Must have been nice, right? Um, the acts reflecting Japanese culture and heritage were streamlined, John, and simple. A white pyramid depicting Mount Fuji remained in the background. Uh, some politicians and dignitaries, including U.S. First Lady Joe Biden, were among the limited few permitted to watch from the stands. Hundreds of fans and supporters gathered outside the gates of the Olympic Village, waving at cars that went by. And, of course, there were people protesting as well. Mm. Number two. U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Linda Thomas-Greenfield cut short her visit to Haiti today after gunshots were heard at the funeral for assassinated President Havanel Moisey, a senior administration official told NBC News. Thomas-Greenfield and her delegation left Haiti safely and they are en route back to the States, the official confirmed. While the group departed earlier than expected, the senior administration official said the ambassador was able to meet with Haitian leaders at the funeral, including new Prime Minister Ariel Henry and Claude Joseph, who just stepped down from the position. Number three. John, you may have heard of 3D movies and paintings, but would you walk on a 3D steel-painted bridge? I'm not sure what that is. Mm -hmm. well, what does that even mean? Well, let me tell you, Amsterdam has just installed the very first one. A the very first, wor the world's first 3D steel printed bridge. Yes, I would do that. Would you? Yes, of course. Okay. Well, it's open to pedestrians, so you can get yourself to Amsterdam if you want. Also to cyclists. It was created by the Imperial College of London. It took over four years to build, according to a press release today. The almost 40-foot structure raised 4.9 tons and will be carefully monitored using installed sensors. So they created steel out of a 3D printer. Yeah. Just See, like right wacky. here. Like if we went like back to the supply cabinet or supply room here at Word FM. Yeah. Just print it out. Print that baby out. All right. And number four. The Cleveland Indians are no longer known as the Indians since 1915. It's all different now because they will now be called the Guardians. The ball club announced the name change today, effective at the end of the 2021 season, with a video on Twitter narrated by actor and team fan Tom Hanks. According to ABC News, the decision ends months of internal discussions triggered by a national reckoning by institutions and teams to drop logos and names considered racist. Now, you're saying, why would you pick a name like the Guardians? Because that's such a terrible name for a baseball a team. Is that what Hawks. you're thinking? Because that that's really sounds terrible. But... Uh, Cleveland's new name was inspired by two large landmark stone edifices near the downtown ballpark, referred to as Traffic Guardians, on the Hope Memorial Bridge over the Cuyahoga River. Team, team's colors will stay the same, and the new Guardians logos will incorporate some of the architectural features of the bridge. And that, my friends, is your top four at four. Very nice. Okay, Do you like so it? 
But yeah, it's fine. I mean, they will never come it's for the pirates. It's not fine. That's a lousy name. They'll never come, come for the pirates. That's what I take. They'll never. You, you can change your name all you want to, but the pirates. I mean, you know, pillaging and you know. That's not a good thing either. You know, but we're going to change the pirates' name. I don't think we're going to change. No, we're the not. Pirates again. No. Very good. Okay, yeah, fine. You know, what, what you like the guardians? I, don't get me started. I mean, seriously. Um, whatever. I'm Christy, sorry. you like the guardians? That's not horrible. Like okay. you said, it's Marvel. Yeah, it's kind of like Marvel. That's what I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like a comic book. All right. I mean, imagine you know you're an old time player for the Indians, like someone like Bob Feller, or you know the, the greats of the Indians, you know lineup. And, you, and you're like, really? Now I have to be like known as the the Guardians. No. A- anyway, I don't think it's a good name. I don't like it. It's the mistake by the lake once again. Have proven themselves. Uh, well, I mean, should this surprise any no, of us? No, of course not. It doesn't. Okay, let me ask you something really quick. Ask me. Uh, most anticipated sport to watch at the U.S. Olympics, according to survey. According to survey. I'm asking you personally. Mm-mm. I want you to think about America. And this is this is U.S. respondents uh, Women's gymnastics. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Would you like to hear the top five? Sure. Beach volleyball, number five. Now, there's a controversy about that. About the, the size. The uniforms. Yeah, which I think is great. I think that's a, a conversation worth having. I do, too. Number four, track and field. I love it. That's my, that's my favorite. Three, diving. Okay, yeah, that's very cool. Two, swimming. Meh. Swimming's the best okay. number one gymnastics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, will you watch? Because oh, you know what? Like, it's, like the tonight, only, it's the only thing I'll watch for two weeks. Are you going to watch tonight? Yes. I'm not going to watch tonight. Well, no, because tonight's no, the opening ceremony. It's lame. It's gonna, they're going to re- rebroadcast People wave it at 7 30. Hey, wave hey. into the camera because there's nobody they can wave yeah, to in the stadium for crying out loud. We're from the country of the, whatever. Hey, I, it's like a little parade. I, well, they throw me like some bubble gum or something. You know, hey, here's a lollipop. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's, he's a sweetie, isn't I'm just, he? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, really. I mean, the opening ceremonies usually are like, you know, great pageantry. Yeah, I know. And the architecture of the And there's an empty event. stadium, so it's like really right, dull. Exactly. Plus, so. if you read more about what went on, it was a pretty somber situation. It wasn't like a big exaltation. Of course, thing, yeah, right. Because, so. you know, there's nobody there. So maybe I won't. I don't think I will watch it tonight, actually. Right, but starting tomorrow? You're tuned in. I'm all about it. All right, good. I look it. All right, we'll take uh, take a little break here. Clarity and hope for the church in a Christian minority America. You're feeling excluded, alone? Don't. There's a lot of good news ahead here. WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 W O R D. scream for ice cream. That's exactly what's happening every day at the Springhouse in 84. We're literally up to our elbows in ice cream. But who could resist a cotton candy ice cream cone? Or how about cookie dough? Or Heath Crunch? Or even raspberry chocolate yogurt? You've just got to try them all. If not a cone, then how about a toasted almond fudge ball? 
creamy vanilla ice cream rolled in toasted chopped almonds and topped with gooey hot fudge and real whipped cream. Or better yet, a strawberry ice cream shortcake made with real old-fashioned shortcakes smothered with sliced strawberries and, again, real whipped cream. Jump in the car now. Head to 84 in the Springhouse where we want you to scream for ice cream. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Weatherproof your next adventure with our newly redesigned AccuWeather mobile app. Now featuring the expanded four-hour minute cast so you can plan with confidence. Navigate through the app for your daily, hourly, and minute-by-minute forecasts. All while maintaining the same level of accuracy and trusted features you've always relied on from AccuWeather. Download the new AccuWeather app today. Available now in the App Store on iOS and in the Google Play Store. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Well, according to a recent Gallup poll, for the first time since they've been taking these polls, less than half of the United States population call themselves members of a church. And I think for a lot of people, that that was a lot of worrisome news, a lot of consternation. But does it mean something to you and your faith? Well, Carl Vaders is with us. Carl is founder of NewSmallChurch.com, a ministry that encourages, connects, and equips innovative small church pastors. Here to talk to us about that, he wrote specifically, Clarity and Hope for the Church in Christian Minority America. Carl, pastor, welcome back. How are you? Hey, good to be with you today. Always good, Carl. All right, Carl. So, I mean, there are weird times because, first of all, we're post-COVID, and we're trying to figure out whether pe- you know people are want to decide or maybe they don't want to decide but they're deciding with their feet by staying in their pajamas on sunday morning instead of going into church right so that's a big thing and then there are people who've been going into church the whole time that are kind of disappointed that the other people are staying home right so we have that thing going on but what about um also getting used to the fact that you know we're not the majority culture in america anymore um and so people don't know how to act and what that means for us carl what do you say uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking national statistics here, so we need to be aware that for some people, that's a really big change. And in fact, for some, they don't see the change because they may still live in a Christian majority community. For others like me, I've lived all of my life, born and raised in Canada, but lived all of my ministry life in California. Oh. I have always lived in a post-Christian part mm, of the world. Okay. So the change isn't as evident to me because I've always been in the minority. Oh, good. Okay. So then the news itself can't be that disturbing to you, Carl, because your world has been the opposite of what the the majority has been anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, the news is not good. You, you want to have you know, more people who believe in your Christ, and part of the evidence of that you know, is going to correspond with church membership. So it's not good news. But quite frankly, uh, you know, I've been living in California for you know, almost 50 years now, and when I heard that church membership had dropped to 47%, my immediate response was, wow, it's still that high? Really? <laughs> because it may only be single digits where I live. Interesting. So, yeah, it's just, the, the good news is you can still be a strong Christian in those environments because I've, I've done that all of my life. But, no, it's, so it's not a good thing, but there are some good things that we can get out of it. Right. Okay. okay. So then, Carl, I wonder about this. I mean, you know, people say, well, I'm a Christian, and they show up to church maybe once or twice a year on Christmas and Easter. Maybe I mean, less since COVID. Yeah. So is it that, you know, people who are being polled and then who used to self-identify as believers, and especially because, you know, the onslaught of, you know, Bad news and church politics and church scandal and whatnot. People have separated in name only, even though they may not necessarily have been a Christian. Yeah, I think that's part of it. When you live in a Christian majority culture, and you go to the average store, and you know half the time it's Christian music playing, and you see Christian signs everywhere and Christian churches everywhere, it feels odd to say you're not, and so you look at it and go, "Well, yeah, I guess I am." Uh, but then as it becomes a minority, then it makes you look around and go, well, wait a minute. I guess it's since there's no, now less of a stigma or maybe even no stigma in saying I'm a Christian, I may actually feel more comfortable. And then when you get to a position where, like where I live, where, in fact, there is a stigma attached to saying you are a Christian, then you've really got to step up. And you have to say, yeah, I'm, you, know, you have to make a real solid decision at that point. And, and people who are nominal aren't going to be making that uh, stand at that point. Right. Okay, so Carl, that may be true, right? I mean, yeah, I appreciate that, you know, that sort of sidebar. But the fact of the matter is that there is dwindling, uh, what, claim to be a Christian in the United States. And if that's the case, which, you know, we're being told it is, then the church must do something to respond, don't you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the church actually... Uh, there's a real challenge here because I'm not sure which is worse. Is it worse that we're a minority and that those who are claiming to be Christian are more likely to actually sincerely be following Jesus? Or is it worse to be at such a Christian majority that a whole bunch of people you meet who say they're Christians, you don't really know if they are or not? Um, I, you know, I, that there are fewer Christians is not a good thing. That we are clearer about uh, our statement of faith is probably better. So as a church, we've always actually done better when we're in the minority. And quite frankly, the church has always been really the strongest and clearest and purest when we're not just a minority, but when we're under persecution. Now, I don't long for that. I don't desire that for me or for any of the Christians that I know, but that is how history has proven itself to work out. Mm. We wish it wasn't like that. So that says something about human nature. It says something about the distractions of, you know, comfortability, I guess, Carl, and um, the things that we focus on that aren't the gospel of Jesus. And so when things are hard, it tends to, you know, put our focus, you know, in a very small area. And we've seen that all throughout history, you know, demonstrations of the persecuted church being unbelievably productive and selfless. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, there's, there's a date in history and it's coming up in conversation, I don't have it off the top of my head, but somewhere around or just after the time of Emperor Constantine, so like in the 300s AD, there was a time when Christianity in a very short period of time went from being illegal and persecuted 
to one day it was announced that not only is it legal, it is now the official religion of the Roman Empire. So I call it the saddest day in church history because one day everybody went to bed and 90% of the world claimed to be pagan and only 10% of the world claimed to be Christian or somewhere around that number. The next morning they woke up and 90% of the world claimed to be Christian, or at least the Roman world, and 10% of them didn't, and there hadn't been any conversions. So that's not a good thing when all of a sudden, you know, you you went from being persecuted for calling yourself a Christian to being persecuted if you didn't call yourself a Christian. That happened in the mid-300s. And so there's always the danger when we're in the majority that we need to be careful of. And then there's also, also the opportunity to reach out to people when we're in the minority. And quite frankly, we can be operating in a much, you know, leaner, trimmer, much more uh, honest presentation of the gospel quite often. Right. No, and, and I know you know this is true, Carl, but I believe that the church, of course, is doing daily, minute by minute, wonderful works around the world. But of course, you know, what's being trumpeted across, you know, the, the, you know, the stratosphere of news is that Christians are closed minded and haters and bigots. But you, you also know if the Christian church would disappear, you know, billions of people would be impacted by that because of the daily work that the Christian church does to feed the hungry, to clean clothe the poor, to help the lost and the downtrodden. So, I mean, I believe that we are, if you're a regular church attender, you hold your hand up high and say that I am a believer and I am going to live a Christ-like life and respond in kind to those around me. That's a good thing that I believe is happening all the time. But I think the general view is that we are haters and small-minded, right? I mean, so, I mean, what do we do? I mean, how do you, I mean... I'm not asking for a wholesale change. The church itself continues to do wonderful things in the name of Jesus. So what else left is there to do? Yeah, I, I, and what you're pointing to is, is really, it actually is one of the answers when people ask, well, then why should I become a member of a church? I'm, I'm a Christian. Who cares if I go to a church? Well, what you just stated is one of the many reasons why we need to be involved, involved with other believers, because then together we can actually have a much greater and more positive impact on the world around us as Jesus called us to do. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, it's true. The headlines are negative, but the headlines for almost any group of people tend to be negative. Yes. I, I think if we got to the point where the headline became Christian did good thing, then we're probably in, a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're probably in trouble at that point when the surprise is that we did something good. Uh, that's when we're in a bad place. Yes. Okay, so then is there a prescription for this? I mean, should we even care or be worried that we are in a minority? And, you know, what do we do to change the tide of that? I guess those are the big questions, right? Yeah. Well, we should care, but we should not be worried. Um, years ago, I was traveling through a, a Bible Belt segment of the, the country, and somebody who knew I was from California, a, a fellow pastor's wife, actually, uh, asked me, she, and she heard I was from California, and she looked at me, and she said, how can you live in such an ungodly place? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of stifled a smile, because I knew that what she was reacting to was, you know, headlines of extremism about, you know, right. crazy people on the left coast. Uh, but what I told her was, I reminded her of a quote that we Christians really love to cite from C.T. Studd, an old missionary from over 100 years ago. And he said this, some want to live within the sound of church or chapel bell, I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. <laughs> wow. Now, my, my, my lovely state of California is not hell or a yard from it. Yeah. 
But if I believe that it was, wouldn't that be where I would want to live as a missional Christian? Indeed, 100%, yes. Carl Vaders is with us, founder of NewSmallChurch.com. Carl, uh, take a minute. We've been talking the past couple of weeks about, um, as Cass said, you know, people coming in, the decline of Christians coming back to church post-COVID or, or post-almost-COVID. So uh, people are saying 20% are not coming back, 40% or more. Uh, do you have any firsthand experience from that? What do you know? Yeah, I've seen that. We've been blessed at our home church to have a really strong response during COVID and post-COVID, but I've seen a lot of churches where that has happened. And I, I, what happens is, what, what's the old uh, you know, scientific rule? An object at rest tends to stay at rest, and an object in motion yes. tends to stay in motion. And so when we were regularly in the habit of going to church, we just kept going. And now that we've fallen out of the habit for 18 months or so for, in a lot of places, it's hard to get that motion going back again. Uh, my my encouragement to pastors is to continue to call people, to encourage them, to let them know they're loved and that they're cared for and how can we serve you. If you're talking to volunteers who are concerned about coming back because they just don't want to, they're still exhausted and maybe dealing with some of the trauma of the loss of the last 18 months, let them know we just want you back present and worshiping whether you volunteer or not. And the people who are saying, I don't even want to come back, don't stop ministering to them in Jesus' name. It does, you're not their pastor simply because they come to church on Sunday. You can continue to pastor them and reach out to them. And for some of them, that will be the signal that they really are loved in this and will bring them back. And for others, it will at least let them know that Jesus still loves them even when they don't show up in the building. And that's always good. Wow, that's good, huh? That's Excellent. Carl Vaders, Vaders, I always say it the wrong way, founder of NewSmallChurch.com, a ministry that encourages, connects, and equips innovative small church pastors. Carl, thank you for doing such consistent work for such a long time. And I love what you do on Twitter, too. Oh, thanks. Good to be with you again today. Always a pleasure. Okay, so the polls, uh, yeah. Less Christians, less persecution, uh, who knows, but continue to go to church. What is the most exciting day of your life? Surprisingly for Neil Armstrong, it wasn't the day he landed on the moon. When Armstrong, a devout Christian, visited Israel in 2007, the government assigned archaeologist Mir Ben-Dove as his personal guide. At the Hulda Gate atop stairs leading to the Temple Mount, Armstrong asked if Jesus might have walked there. Ben Dove responded yes. As a Jew, Jesus certainly used these steps many times visiting the temple. As Armstrong walked them, he said, I have to tell you, I'm more excited stepping on these stones than I was stepping on the moon. January is much warmer in Israel than here. But as you walk the footsteps of Jesus, the real warmth will be in your heart as you feel the same emotions Neil Armstrong felt. Visiting Israel may just be the greatest experience in your life. Imagine Tours is offering a 10-day Israel tour leaving Pittsburgh January 10th. For more information, visit pgh22.com or call 724-287-5151. That's pgh22.com. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... And we're back with Limu, Emu, and Doug for the final question. Category is things you climb. All right, Limu, what do you think? You sure? We're going with Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Oh, so close. We were looking for stairs. Huh. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. Liberty.
Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Portersville Christian School in Portersville, PA, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question, and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 61. Tomorrow, a beautiful start to the weekend. Times of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high of 85. Tomorrow night will be mostly cloudy and humid with a low of 69. We'll wrap up the weekend Sunday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll see a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. It will be humid with a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. It's time now for This or That. It's our weekly dive into the ridiculousness. It's pretty simple. I have 10 things that I say, Kath, this thing or that thing. And she chooses one, and then it's her turn. Mm-hmm. All right? Ready. Would you like to go first? Want me to go first? No. I go first? Sure, why not? Okay, this is the sort of pseudo summer edition oh, of this. Oh, is event. it? Sort pseudo of pseudo. summer. Yeah. So, there's going to be like a couple winter things that there are might be, you know, I'm not slid s- in at the end. Okay. All right, I'm ready. The song... Under the Boardwalk by the Drifters. Under the board, yeah. Mm-hmm. The song Hot Stuff oh, by Donna by Don- Summer. Hot Stuff, because Donna is the greatest. Donna Summer. Okay. All right. Yeah. The Frozen Zero Bar. A delicious option. The Frozen Coke. Oh! This or that. Frozen Zero I Bar. I can't believe that. Okay. I, only because it's, it works with more things, I'll say Frozen Coke. All right. Flies on your food, <laughs> mosquito bites on your face. Oh, okay. Well, mosquito. First of all, you should never get a mosquito bite in your face because it's horrible and it's such an offense. This or that? I'm going to say that. I'm going to say. And what was the other one? Flies on your food. Oh. Mosquito bites on your face. This or that? All right, I'll take the fly. <laughs> I'll take the fly on my food. There you go. I just wanted to hear you say that. That's why I said it. Okay. Hot fudge Sunday. Banana split. Oh, hot fudge Sunday. All right. An autumn sunrise, a summer sunset. Well, I'm never going to see the sunrise, so I'm going to say the sunset. Oh, okay. Doesn't right. matter what season it is. All right. At the beach, reading a good book yeah. under an umbrella. Yeah. A two week all expense paid trip to Disneyland. Oh, the beach. Oh. I mean, well. 10 times out of 10. All right. Hawaiian Tropic Sunscreen SPF 50 and an iced tea. 
Copper Tone SPF 15, and a jug of margaritas. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the iced tea, even though I'm going to end up with like 600 SPF. All right. An underdone piece of steak, an overdone piece of fish. Oh, well, I think I'll do the underdone piece of steak, actually. All right. I really hate when fish is overdone. Dengue fever? <laughs> West Nile virus. <laughs> this or that? Well, I'll certainly pick some. I mean, I'll go West Nile on that. All right. Okay. That's the summer somewhat edition of this or that for me. Thank you. All right. I'm excited about this, John, because right. I bring to you the uh, today's the first day of the Olympics. Um, oh. So I give you the summer Olympic edition of this or that. All righty. I like it. Number one, clipping a hurdle and crashing to the track mm. or forehead injury on the platform dive. Oh, no, not that at all. I'd much rather clip a hurdle. Would you? At least I'll fall forward and kind of catch myself. You hit your head on that diving board. God bless those people. Oh, that's painful. Number two. Yep. Jim McKay or Bob Costas mm. with his, like, weird red eye thing. Oh, right. Jeez, those are both icons. Uh, you know what? I love Bob Costas as a baseball announcer, mm, so, so I'm do doing that. Okay. Number three, right now, mm-hmm. swim 50 meters in the Tokyo pool or run 100 meters at the Tokyo Olympic Stadium. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Me? <laughs> okay, I got one arm, basically. So, you know, I'll sink to the bottom of the pool in about 3.2 seconds. And running, uh, I've had a surgically repaired right ankle since I was 22. So, I mean, it's kind of a draw. Yeah, it's this or that, John. I don't want to die, so I won't drown. I think I can, you know, kind of do the the running. Okay. The running, he says. Number four, Mark Spitz or Michael Phelps? Ooh. They're both beasts, aren't they? And I remember Mark Spitz, uh, you know, he revolutionized the sport of swimming. He did. Holding up all those seven gold medals. But Mar- Michael, Michael Phelps, Phelps has more. He's crushing. Yeah, I'm doing old school. I'm doing Mark Spitz. Number five, mm-hmm. Athens or Rio? Yeah, uh, I'm doing Athens. Are you? Mm-hmm. Number six, learning to swim the butterfly or learning to throw the discus? Oh, I think it'd be very interesting. The discus, you know, is somewhat frisbee-ish. <laughs> So I'm going it's with the heavier, discus. It's heavier, but okay. I'm doing the discus. Okay. Number seven, Nadia Comaneci oh. or Olga Corbett. Yow, those are two excellent. Mm-hmm. And I like saying their names, Nadia Comaneci. I think Olga they were both Corbett. from Romania. Uh, I believe you're right. And they're both diminutive. Yes. And both used by the Russian propaganda machine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm doing Nadia Comaneci. Are you? Yeah. Number eight, you, John Hall, mm-hmm. competing in live pigeon shooting. Or solo synchronized swimming. Oh, no. Give me that. Give me that gun. Kaboom. <laughs> Pull. Boom. Number Give me nine. the gold. Number nine. Having to put your own medal around your neck yeah. or dropping the Olympic torch. Oh, no. No way. I'm happily. Give, if I win that medal, I'm happy. I don't need that guy to put it around me. Okay. That, uh, dropping the torch is like humiliation. And number 10. You yep. knew I had to do it. Uh-oh. Curfew in the Olympic Village Mm-mm. or anti-sex cardboard bed? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, curfew. WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. We want one that's got our name on it. Isn't that true? So if that's where you are, you can have your guardian angel. But if you're not convinced of that, then let me tell you the rest of the story is...
All the angels in the whole universe care about you, and if God wants to dispatch them all, he can do it. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Angels, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800 800- 555 800-555-2085. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Research shows that people remember radio ads with repetition. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's a repetitive ad. Okay. Research shows that people remember radio ads with repetition. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's a repetitive ad. (sighs) Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. November 4th. Drosky Entertainment proudly presents Crowder Live in Concert. The Milk and Honey Tour, 8 p.m. November 4th at the Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland. Tickets on sale now at druskyentertainment.com. Crowder Live this November at the Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland. A Drosky Entertainment event. in an era of church clothes right where you had we did we had our shoes shined Mm -hmm. and you know a dress shirt and a pair of dress pants and it it was just that's what was expected of us now sometimes you go to church and you see guys wearing you know you know uh, shorts and flip-flops and you know t-shirts you think what the heck's going on there but for a lot of people, there's an in-between, I believe, right? There's a, a sort of a business casual thing, even jeans. But what does it look like in your family? Well, Clarissa Mole is with us. Clarissa is a writer. She's appeared at the Gospel Coalition, Christianity Today, and Rooted. You can find her work online at clarissamole.com. But she wrote a piece that we found called Dress Your Best for Jesus. Clarissa, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, Clarissa, uh, you know how much we loved your husband, Rob, and how he joined us on the show a whole bunch of times. And uh, we so much appreciated his take on things. We love getting to know you. And um, you write in your piece for uh, the Gospel Coalition that when you and Rob had your little kids, 
you both had grown up in, you know, dress up for church families. And so you decided, was it just natural? You thought, well, I'm just going to continue doing this with my kids. We did. We didn't really think through why we were doing it. We just sort of did the things that we had always done uh, without uh, really evaluating it very much. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then Rob passed away uh, tragically in an accident. And then all of a sudden there are you. A, you know, a single woman now, and you've got four kids to to, to work through. That's got to be overwhelming. And so you tell your kids what about church clothes? Well, that's right. After death, you know, you need to consolidate. You need to simplify, especially if the deceased person lives in your home with you. And for us, losing dad and husband meant that we needed to accommodate for grief in a myriad ways. We uh, switched to paper plates at dinner, and one of the things I did on Sunday morning was to uh, wave my white flag of surrender and end the wardrobe wars. Mm -hmm. Uh, I told my kids they could wear what they wanted to church instead of uh, hassling them about tucking in their shirts or uh, putting on a dress instead of a pair of pants. I just said, dress your best, whatever you think that is. Mm -hmm. And was that choice of yours, Clarissa, um, just being too worn out to fight something, you know, just being wrecked by grief and thinking, you know what, who cares anymore? Um, Or was it, were you coming to, I don't know, was it like a new understanding you were coming to or what? I confess it was entirely utilitarian. It was, I'm maxed out. I got to choose my battles. And this is one that I can't fight on Sunday morning because I'll be too worn out by the time I get to worship to really be able to engage. But what I found was that uh, this utilitarian choice really began a renovation in my own heart. Those things that I hadn't realized, uh, desires that I had that I hadn't acknowledged. Mm. And it became uh, what I call it exposed the worship war that I had. Uh, worshiping false idols, and uh, it was it was a good experience for me in the end. Okay, so but wait now, because your son comes downstairs. You live in a conservative New England town with a congregation that is conservative, but then your boy comes downstairs in a Seattle Seahawks jersey. That had to raise your ire. Yeah, you know, I <laughs> we love the Seahawks, and I knew he did, and it was hard for me to acknowledge that that jersey was what he believed was the best thing he owned. It was his mm. favorite. And uh, it it gave me pause. I thought, boy, you know, what am I looking like, on, uh, looking for on the outside? What, what does this indicate about what my loves are? Uh, he didn't love football more than he loved Jesus. He was literally bringing his best, what he thought was best. Uh, to worship on Sunday morning. And, you know, I can't argue with someone's uh, genuine heart like that. That's interesting. Sure. I I like the fact that you looked at it that way, that you thought, well, you know, that's not like that wouldn't be your best as Clarissa, Mm -hmm. but it was his best as him. And, you know, that kind of opens up a whole new way of, of how we would look at each other on a Lord's Day, I think. It does. You know, we... I never want someone to feel like they couldn't fit in in worship because they weren't dressed the same way everybody else was. And perhaps that invitation to diversity can expand, that uh, we can welcome a whole bunch of people into our worship space who don't look like us, and uh, that they meet God just as we do, unclean, unready for worship, Mm -hmm. and yet wholly accepted by a God who loves them no matter what they look like on the outside. That's good. Clarissa Mull is with us. Her writing has appeared at the Gospel Coalition, CT and Rooted. You can find her online at clarissamull.com. 
Clarissa, um, tell the story that you put into uh, your Gospel Coalition story about um, you wearing black after Rob died and kind of the, I don't know, the evolution that you experienced, seeing what your kids were doing and then what happened to all of you. That's right. After uh, Rob died, we had talked about this in advance as we talked about end-of-life decisions during his writing of The Art of Dying. Uh, but I decided to wear black. I didn't wear makeup, and uh, anytime I was going outside of my home, I wore black clothes. It just was a way for me to embody my sorrow. And my children, they also wore their black clothes. They wore them to church and uh, out and about, the black dresses and black pants and shirts that they had gotten for the funeral. But they wore them for a different reason than I did. They wore them because they were new clothes, and to kids, new clothes are always fun. Uh, But what I realized over time, the newness of those clothes wore off for them, and they were no longer interested in them. They wore other things that they'd gotten for birthdays and and such. And I found that uh, that's what I needed, too. I needed to realize that uh, God was dressing me in clothes of joy as well, that there was a time for mourning, and certainly we will always miss and uh, lament Rob's absence. But there was also a time for new life, and God was opening up my eyes to be able to see the new life he was giving me, uh, that I could take off my black clothes, too, and step into this new life now without Rob, a life that God promised would be flourishing as well. So then what does Sunday morning look like in your house, Clarissa? You have left the black uh, wardrobe behind. Your children are wearing their best for Jesus. It's got to be a mix of uh, styles and comfort. It is. It is a hodgepodge. And sometimes when we're in the car together or I look down at them in the pew, I think, boy, we're quite, we're quite a group. <laughs> and yet we are coming with our whole hearts to God. We uh, have known deep sorrow, and now we know deep joy. And we hold both of those things in the same hand. And I think I am more dressed for worship, uh, more better dressed than I've ever been before. Wow, that's terrific. Clarissa, tell us how old your kids are now. My children are 16, 14. They are 12 and 9. Wow. So you're still busy, my friend. I am in the trenches. Good. All right. Well, Clarissa, we so appreciate what you've written. So appreciate you being with us. And um, just appreciate your witness for Jesus and all that you've been through. Thanks so much. Our pleasure. Look online, clarissamall.com. M-O-L-L, Clarissa Mall. Life-changing Bible study with Alistair Begg. Amazing music from Christian recording artist Laura Story. And now, worship led by legendary Fernando Ortega. It's the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 28th to September 4th. There's still time to reserve your place to cruise with us in God's majestic creation. You'll be awed by the walls of translucent blue ice in Glacier Bay. Enjoy kayaking, fishing, and explore cozy, rustic frontier towns that offer mementos to remind you of your great vacation. A full week cruising Alaska, August 28th to September 4th, with Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and now Fernando Ortega. It's all brought to you by Salem Media Group and our travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Log on to DeeperFaithCruise.com and register today by calling 855-565-5519. That's 855-565-5519. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. 
Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them, and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, regularly $109.99, now just $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. But right now, MyPillow.com, promo code is WORD. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. The, um, have you had the urge to uh, buy yourself um, one of those robot vacuums? Have you thought about that? Like the Roomba? Yeah. Oh, listen to me. I've thought about that a lot. Yeah, me too. Although, you know, for years we had two dogs. Now we have one dog. And I always kind of go, there's no way these things are going to pick up pet hair. Right. Right? Yeah, I thought the same thing. Well, I saw a piece today. Uh, I follow this thing called Wirecutter. And mm-hmm. Wirecutter sort of does, you know, like, it's like consumer reports. Yeah. Where they pick, you know, the best of. So they're looking today at robot vacuums. Now, they're saying thumbs up in every possible way. Here's Really? The, here's what they say. Robot vacuums never get bored or distracted. They don't mind working every day. In most homes, they keep the floors tidy with barely any effort. Pet hair and crumbs disappear before you even notice a mess. After tuz, after testing dozens of bots, including pricey machines that also mop, empty themselves, or try in vain to steer around pet waste, we think most people should look first at the simple, tried-and-true iRobot Roomba 600 series. And then they give you all these different picks. But their top pick is this Roomba 614, which retails for 200 bucks. I thought they were a lot more expensive than that. I did, too. Now, listen, uh, uh, the aforementioned pet hair, we bought ourselves a good vacuum cleaner. I know, yeah. And it works terrific. But I love the idea of some robot doing it for me while we're at work. Well, now you know I spent forty dollars on my vacuum. What forty mm, bucks? I feel good. How's about it work? It. it works fine. Come on, I have three of them. We have a real. We have a lot of steps in our house, so we have like heavy. Dude, carrying a vacuum up and down the oh, steps that's is hard. Pain. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's really hard. So I went for the cheapest thing I could find that was super lightweight, like a little stick. Like a little. It's most not a stick. It's like more than a stick. It's a dirt devil. It's an upright, but it's pretty lightweight. Yeah. And it's very cheap. 
Anyway, but I got, I figured I'm getting three of them for three floors. It's 120 bucks. I'd rather get three vacuums than get one good vacuum and have to carry it up and down the steps. Right, right. I'm pretty happy with it. I got the vacuum and I got, I invested in the HEPA uh, filter. Oh, yeah, You know, the actual bag um, because we have cats. And I'm pretty happy with it. But if someone could vacuum when I was not home. I love that idea. Yeah. Christy, our producer, um, you're broke. Um, Do you own a vacuum? I do. Mm -hmm. So before I was broke, so before Milo, I, I got a Dyson. You did? Oh. I have a stick Dyson. Oh, my gosh. Because I shed. So I shed more than my dog Milo. You yeah. shed? What do you mean you shed? My hair. My oh. hair. <laughs> I shed. Yeah, yeah. So I needed something strong enough to... So it's a pet vacuum. Is it? Yeah. But how, mu- how much did that cost? Oh, like $500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I spent, you know, like 350 or something on mine. You did know. you? Yeah. And, it, and I love it because it's that clear canister. What I love about it is you get to see your junk. So I don't think that's cool. I don't feel like, and then you dump it out, and all the pet hair falls it's down. So I gross. go, I did something. Okay, but there's no bag, so you no, have to. No so, okay, I don't mind. Do you, that. you don't have a bag either on your? No, and no. I just clean. It's a filter. You clean the filter whenever yeah, exactly. it tells you. Yeah, I don't know, you guys. No, it's okay, good. so so two hundred for a Roomba is is not shot. That would be like good for you guys. If yeah, but I, I can't, really seriously, when you see all that stuff when you're shedding, and my dogs as well. I mean, that's a clump. I mean, I'm holding my hand. It's a foot of hair. So I can't imagine this little, you see those things. They're not that big. Maybe yeah, so where's the hair going? There's, there... Exactly. It's the size of a football. It's kind of roundish, maybe. Uh, what's the storage okay, capacity? But, okay, but here's like the question. If it was regularly vacuuming exactly. every day, right. you wouldn't have the 12 Build inches, up. right? Right. You would not. It's So it is appealing. That I kind of go... I mean, I don't mind vacuuming. It's not something I look forward to. I certainly love a clean floor. But if the robot did it for me, that'd be kind of cool. Okay, so Christy's got Milo, the mm-hmm. dog, the tiny dachshund. You've got I get some. You've got that... Gus, the corgi. Oh yeah. And I've got two cats, Gus and Char. Right. Okay. And in the summer, with no air conditioning, you can imagine how how much fur my cats are oh, trying to get rid of. Plus, right? I got the bird. Oh, plus Pip. The bird. <laughs> Pippy. Yeah. Okay, but Pippy's not shedding anything. Oh, no, you see, birds are messy. Well, birds are messy. Okay, oh, you would not believe shed- Really? Okay. Oh, there's stuff everywhere. He's squawking. There's bird seed <laughs> flying around. There's feathers. If you own a bird, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So we're all concerned about vacuuming. My question is, how often do you do it? Uh, I do it every, I do it every Saturday. Every Saturday. Now, believe me, I, I could do, I should do it every like Wednesday and Saturday. Okay. Because uh, tomorrow, I like I look at it and I go, "Geez, oh man, this looks bad." So yeah, I need to. I uh, and there's a difference between vacuuming your you know your floors and sweeping you know your wood floors, right? What you mean one's easier than the other? No, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, I'm doing I two things. I vacuum my wood floors. I'm, I'm vacu- I don't. Oh, I do. I'm vacuuming and I'm sweeping. Oh no, I just vacuum. I don't sweep. My brother-in-law is like obsessive. He does it every day, every day. Yeah. I do it almost every day. Yeah. I every- so, almost. My landlord does not bag the grass. So when I take Milo out, my flip-flops are just covered in grass. So I just, and I drag it all in. So almost every day for me. Every okay. day. Every vacuum. day. I vacuum every day. Every day? If you had my cats, you'd vacuum every day. No, see, would you, then you guys need a Roomba. I mean, it's starting to sound really exciting. It does. But who wants to spend 200 bucks on some robot thing? Considering that- I spent $40 on my piece of junk ones. Right. You know I don't. But it's still... I don't know. Is, is it, then I always go, am I just being lazy? That's just lazy, John. Just vacuum. 
What do you need a robot to vacuum for? That's what your wife and my husband would say if we Of course. Oh, to believe me. My, yeah, my yeah. wife. That, that, would be, that would be the shortest conversation of our marriage. Hey, I'm thinking of buying a robot. No, you're not. Okay. That'd be about it. That's how it works in the whole household. Anyway, dirty floors are nasty, aren't they? WORD-FM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A new poll suggests most Americans who have not yet been vaccinated against COVID-19 are not likely to get shots at all. Ben Thomas reports. The poll by the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research found 45% of the unvaccinated adults surveyed say they definitely will not get a shot. And 35% say they probably won't. Just 3% say they definitely will get the vaccine and another 16% say they probably will. Those not likely to get a shot express doubts the vaccines will work against the aggressive Delta variant despite evidence they do. Nationally, the CDC says 56.4% of all Americans, including children, have received at least one dose of a vaccine, and vaccinations are starting to increase in some lagging states where COVID-19 cases are rising. I'm Ben Thomas. This is SRN News. What is the most exciting day of your life? Surprisingly for Neil Armstrong, it wasn't the day he landed on the moon. When Armstrong, a devout Christian, visited Israel in 2007, the government assigned archaeologist Mir Ben-Dove as his personal guide. At the Hulda Gate atop stairs leading to the Temple Mount, Armstrong asked if Jesus might have walked there. Ben-Dove responded yes. As a Jew, Jesus certainly used these steps many times visiting the Temple. As Armstrong walked them, he said, I have to tell you, I'm more excited stepping on these stones than I was stepping on the moon. January is much warmer in Israel than here. But as you walk the footsteps of Jesus, the real warmth will be in your heart as you feel the same emotions Neil Armstrong felt. Visiting Israel may just be the greatest experience in your life. Imagine Tours is offering a 10-day Israel tour leaving Pittsburgh January 10th. For more information, visit pgh22.com or call 724-287-5151. That's pgh22.com. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer value through 831.21, all with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. 
backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Walnut Grove Christian School in West Mifflin, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 61. Tomorrow, a beautiful start to the weekend. Times of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high of 85. Tomorrow night will be mostly cloudy and humid with a low of 69. We'll wrap up the weekend Sunday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll see a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. It will be humid with a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today, the uh, Friday edition of The Ride Home. I want to thank everybody, like we said, who was uh, with us the last three days. We did a lot of good. You Just did a, a lot of good. wonderful, wonderful response. Mm-hmm. New organization for us that I got really excited about. I sure did. I've been thinking about it an awful lot, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, um... What time is it now? Yeah, it's time for me to tell you, all of you listening, your weekend has begun. It has been. I mean, if you haven't clicked into gear yet, I it's mean, for five minutes past the five what o'clock hour. What are you waiting hour. for? Yeah, what are we doing here? As Uncle Doug used to say, if you're in sales, you haven't been working for the last five oh, hours. I was happy to see the uh, sales manager here. He left around 2 o'clock. There so. you go. Mm-hmm. That was good. That's the way the sales be. manager? Uh, Andrew. Andrew. Andrew, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah, we met some people today. We sure the, did. The uh, Word FM Christmas party. <laughs> I know you're thinking. Really, is this a is this like an old show that they're re-airing? Nope, nope. nope. We really did. We really did have that Christmas party. Plus, we had a lot of good food. We did. Thank you to Marsha and the Springhouse for Mm -hmm. supplying that for us. All right. um, Interesting article on the History Channel website today. Ten things you may not know about the Summer Olympics. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty confident that I mean I didn't know one of these. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, please do tell. Number one, figure skating was initially part of the Summer Olympics. Why? Mm-hmm. Why Why would that be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before the advent of the Winter Olympics in 1924, men's, women's, and pairs figure skating was part of the Summer Olympics. So there was only one Olympics? No. There was Summer Olympics. It was part of the Summer, summer Olympics. Summer and Winter Olympics. Yeah. But it but figure skating was in the Summer Olympics. What, what was the point of that? Yeah. And ice hockey, also at the Summer Games. Really? That's weird. Mm-hmm. Number two. Uh, Olympic champions last received solid gold medals mm. in 1912. <laughs> yeah, because they were solid gold. I just, fig- I just figured, you know, you, you f- win the Olympics, like you should. Can you imagine how expensive that would be? What? It's the Olympics. But that's, things are gigantic. What, the IOC, that's a really cash-strapped organization. That's a lot of gold. Get out of here. That's Come a on. lot of gold. Anyway, uh, number three. The summer games used to span months, really? starting in the spring and ending in the fall. Hmm. That would make sense, right? Right. It would, right? So the first Summer Olympics staged in London in 1908 lasted for 188 days. That's cool. Or more than half the year. But now they're made for TV. So, yes, right, they are. We're listening. To- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Paris Games in 1900 spanned more than five months. Wow. Mm-hmm. Number four. 
The first Olympian to fail a drug test was busted for drinking beer. <laughs> How innocent times. Uh, exactly. Olympic drug testing debuted in 1968. What? And Swedish pentathlete. You knew it was going to be the Swedes. And those pentathletes, you know how they are. Wait, they did a drug test and came up with beer? Hans Gunnar Lillenwall was the first to test positive for a banned substance. Which was beer. Two beers he said he'd down to quote. <laughs> Hans, come on. Wait, are you now. ready? Yeah. Uh, this is not funny, by the way. He just laughed. The two beers he said he downed to calm his nerves before the pistol shoot. Yeah. Okay, so he drank he's beer before he shot the gun. But he's That's not a little... recommended. No. Probably wasn't like a Miller Lite either. It was like, you know, Guinness. Yeah, well, he's from Sweden, so right. I'm sure it was something European. The disqualified Lillenwall and his teammates were forced to return their bronze medals. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Um, it says here that fellow pentathlete Hans Jürgen Tote could have used something to calm his nerves because the West German attacked his horse after it balked three times at jumping obstacles. He attacked his own horse. Horse rage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 1936. Uh, this is number five. The 1936 basketball final was a literal quagmire. It says when basketball officially debuted at the 1936 Berlin Olympics, famous because, of course, they were moderated by uh, Adolf Hitler. Games were played on outdoor tennis courts made of clay and sand. During the gold medal game between the U.S. and Canada, a second-half deluge turned the court into a muddy mess. With dribbling in the mire an impossible task, the waterlogged Americans spent most of the half simply playing catch with the slippery ball to protect their lead. Mm -hmm. But they won. They won. Number six. For nearly 40 years, artists also competed for gold medals. Artists? Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, French Baron Pierre de Coubertin, who was the founding father of the modern Olympics, sought to incorporate art and culture into the Olympic movement. So in 1912 in Stockholm, gold, silver, and bronze medals were awarded in painting, sculpture, architecture, literature, and music. Oh, I love that. That's I never cool. knew that. Did yeah. you ever know no, that? No, I had no idea. Of course. Works entered in the juried competitions were required to be original pieces inspired by sports. Really? So then if you were like, you had written a short story, then you sat there and read the story. Yeah. Okay. But this, there's there's one factor in this. It seems like it's a little bit like the game is set. Um, Kubortin himself won the first gold medal for literature. <laughs> so that's like a little bit of an inside yeah, job. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, okay, number seven, a gymnast with a wooden leg won six medals, mm-hmm. including three gold in the 1904 Olympics. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so this was uh, in St. Louis, 1904, hometown boy George Iser, who lost his left leg as a youth after it was run over by a train, won gold in the parallel bar, the long horse, and the rope climbing events. That's he wild. won silver in the side horse and all-around competitions and bronze on the horizontal bar. That is cool. Very cool. Number eight, America's first female Olympic champion had no idea she was even competing in the summer games. What do you mean? (laughs) While studying art under Edgar Degas and Auguste Rodin in Paris in 1900, 22-year-old American Margaret Abbott saw an advertisement for a golf tournament and decided to enter. After shooting a 47 on the nine-hole course, she won the tournament and took home a porcelain bowl. Unbeknownst to her, the tournament she had entered was part of the poorly organized Paris Games, and she just became the first American woman to win an Olympic event. (laughs) Poorly organized Olympic event. How about that? Okay. Uh, 
Uh, number nine, the equestrian events at the 1956 Melbourne Games were held on the other side of the world. While most of the athletes traveled down under for the 56 Summer Games, the horses and riders in the equestrian events did not. Due to Australia's strict quarantine rules, the equestrian competitions were moved to Stockholm, Sweden, which was 9,700 miles away. Really? And it was held five months before the rest of the Olympiad. So they couldn't bring their horses. How strange. Yes. Why, why so, would you hold the Olympics and then have these very strict Well, be, I guess, be, I guess because it's the only one that includes an animal. Mm-hmm. And the Australians didn't want right. someone to bring sense. an animal in. Yeah. Which I had never thought of. Of course. Anyway, what do you think? Did you ever hear of any of those things? None of them. Mm-hmm. Which is the most fascinating thing is the guy with a wooden leg. It is, but medals. this is pretty good. I'm going to close it out with okay. number 10. When the Americans refused to dip their flag to King Edward VII in 1908, nope. it started a tradition. Listen to this. Upset that the U.S. flag was missing from those fluttering above the Olympic Stadium during the opening ceremonies of the 1908 London Games, American flag bearer Ralph Rose refused to follow protocol and dipped the Stars and Stripes as he passed the Royal Box. He wasn't, you know, usually... Sure. You did that thing, right? Although the story that Rose or fellow shot putter Martin Sheridan said, this flag dips for no earthly king, which I'm sure you've heard, is likely apocryphal, the snub set off a royal row. From the very first day, Coubertin, remember the guy who set up the artistic things and then took home his own literature medal? medal? Mm -hmm. Kind of shaky. As he wrote in his memoirs, King, King Edward... King Edward had taken exception to the American athletes because of their behavior and their barbaric shouts that resounded through the stadium. American flag bearers dipped their banners to national leaders on several occasions after 1908, but it hasn't happened since 1932. Not even for U.S. President Ronald Reagan during the 1984 L.A. Games. There's no dipping of the flag. I like that a lot. What about double dipping? No, there's no. Mm -hmm. It's always a problem as well. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so that's on the, uh, the History Channel has a lot of interesting Uh things about the Olympics right now. So you might want to check out what they're showing and check out their website. So I imagine over these next couple of weeks, you will become couch potato extraordinaire. I might gain 10 pounds. (laughs) No, I don't think so. Maybe I'll try the shot put. Right. You could stay home and vacuum. Would you say the discus was frisbee-like? I believe that's what you said in hour one. Frisbee-like. I think that it's probably if you look at it as a frisbee, you you're already going to Pro- either be very bad or injure someone. I'm not saying I would be an expert, but I do see it's a round disc that's frisbee like. Mm-hmm. So you know, you think you have some connection to that. If you've thrown a frisbee, don't you? Haven't you? Yeah, but I, I bet the discus is like thirty a lot, pounds. Yeah, a lot heavier. Right. Right. Have you ever thrown a discus? Have you ever Never. picked up a shot put? Never. Javelin? Nothing. Any of those things? No. Mm-mm, not in the, in the, no. Have you? In track and field events, like for high school, do you, th- you are the, do you throw those things? There's like, there's like the soft, what do you, it's like soft, what's the toss you yeah. do? Is it soft? What do you throw when you're like in seventh grade and you're in the track meet? What? So wait, hold on. What's oh, the fact, thing? That- I went to high school in Swissvale. Do you think we had any track and field? Do you think there was? Okay. I thought there would be track and there field. There was not track and Christy, field. Christy, did you have track and field? You had track and field. We had track and field. Yeah. Did you? We didn't. Well, did you do discus or we were running from the police? Did you did you do javelin or anything like I that? I mean, I didn't actually. We had it. I didn't participate. <laughs> Why not? Why did I not participate? Yes, I was in marching band. I was obviously the coolest of cool. Of course, yes, of course you were. What, what right. instrument did you play? So, I started with clarinet, mm. and then two weeks later, I learned the flute because they needed more flute players. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, 
You well, were a fill-in flute player. Well, I was. <laughs> I see your clarinet and flute, and I'll raise you a flag. Christine, that's what I did in marching band. Please, at some point, uh, share with us a photograph of you in your band uniform. Oh, I have a ton. Oh, please. Okay, I can't <laughs> wait. I'll, I'll, that. I'll bring no, mine. No, wait, you've got a thing, right? I sure do. You were a flag girl. Yep. I got nothing. Okay. I was just some but, guy. No, you were in that symbol thing. Oh, I was in the Columbus. boys' brigade. <laughs> I was in the boys' brigade. I played the symbols. I don't know if I have a photograph of that. I wish I oh, can imagine boy. it in my head. I don't even need a photograph. All right, coming up next, uh, no brainwashing isn't a thing. So I guess your problems, they're your own fault. All right. Luke Harrington coming up next. Friday edition. Right home. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. It may sound a little corny, but it really is the good old summertime at the Springhouse in 84. The sun is shining, the cows are out on the pasture, the sweet corn is almost ready, the Springhouse produce tables are filled with freshly picked vegetables, and we're up to our elbows in ice cream. And you know what? That all makes the Springhouse a very fun place to be. Why not jump in the car right now for a country drive to 84? Come for homemade lunch or supper or just to eat ice cream and enjoy sweet country air. Be sure to take home our famous chocolate milk and baked goods. Don't forget that. We're just four miles east of Washington on Route 136, and it doesn't take long to get to us. Call 228-3339 for more directions to the Springhouse in 84. W-O-R-D. The station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New, new, new music. Brand new is brand new from Kobe James. You make me brand new. What If by Matthew West. And May Angelus never want to go back. You know, I don't want to go back. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Thursday, August 12th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Join Grammy Award-winning artist Michael W. Smith and a host of others. For Food for the Poor's national virtual celebration, We Are One. We come together to provide 10 million meals for desperately hungry children and families in countries like Haiti. The event is complimentary, but reserve your space right now to receive a link to a silent auction of incredible trips to both national and international destinations. RSVP now at foodforthepoor.org forward slash one. That's foodforthepoor.org forward slash O-N-E. Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin provides preparation for life, supporting the goals of Christian families across 15 South Hills districts. At Cornerstone Prep, pre-K through 12th grade students are equipped through biblical discipleship and authentic education that features the arts, sports, AP and dual credit courses, and a heavy STEAM emphasis that ensures Christian students are fully ready for life after graduation. Now offering five-day pre-K for three and four-year-olds, Cornerstone Prep, preparation for life at cornerstoneprep.net. Which movies were like the 
characters are brainwashed. And then they do all sorts of weird things. I'm thinking back like to, um, I remember well, the first time I saw um, The Manchurian Candidate. It was Frank Sinatra. Angela Lansbury. Right. I mean, yeah. brainwashing. Brainwashing was a big Taught, like a big topic of conversation when I was a little kid. What do you mean? Like in yeah. your household? Yeah, because we had a family friend um, who had been immersed into like a cult. Yeah. I was going to say into a cult like atmosphere, but at that time we just called it a cult. Oh, like, so he was brainwashed. She into, was. Really? Mm -hmm. Was it a religious cult? Yes. Uh huh. And so someone reached out and started talking. And, right. So it was like a friend right. of my mom's. And they, and, did they yeah. disappear? Uh, they, did the not, uh, they did not disappear, but they were not interested in keeping up a relationship with the girl's family. The girl was not interested in keeping up a relationship with her family. Mm -hmm. So she was brainwashed. And right. was the warning to you what? Well, the, it wasn't as much a warning to me as it was my mom being kind of, you know... Her friend looking to her for help, solidarity, and helping to figure out how to have her daughter, quote, deprogrammed. <laughs> no. You remember that word? <laughs> deprogrammed. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. We grew up close to an Italian church, and my mother was always afraid we were going to be brainwashed by the Italians. I don't <laughs> what know what happens when you're brainwashed by Italians. You know, like we're going to eat too many pizzelles. I don't know what even that means. <laughs> uh, Luke Harrington's with us. Luke's a humorist, a podcaster, an award-winning novelist. His debut novel, Ophelia Alive, a ghost story, won an independent publisher book award and three literary classic awards. His latest is called Murder Bears, Moonshine and Mayhem, Strange Stories from the Bible to Leave You Amused. He also has a podcast as well. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But we saw a piece at... Um, Christ in pop culture, no brainwashing isn't a thing, so I guess your problems are your own fault. Hey, Luke, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Good, real good. We're well. So, Luke, I was talking about the 1980s um, when I was growing up and brainwashing was like a thing. Be careful. Um, now, I, what what John's mom was concerned about him like turning into an Italian what? is very funny. Uh, but the thing that was going on with my mom's friend was not funny. I mean, it was like a serious thing that kept them up nights and it was like a real emotional thing for our family as a, via extension. So what do you, what do you know about that? Uh, <laughs> probably not as much as you were hoping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being with us. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, it. the the col the column you're talking about it's um it's part of a series I write for uh, Christ and pop culture it's called Fads Crazes Panics yeah um and I just I in each in each column I kind of just look at um a time when an idea has kind of gripped the public mind and try to explain where it came from mm. and how it got so popular um some weeks i do better than others i think um <laughs> well you did good on yeah, this no, one this is so but you go back several decades before 1950s. what i'm talking about in the 1950s right. and i yeah. didn't i guess i didn't realize that that's where the idea of brainwashing or even the label of it started yeah um if you look at the history of the concept of brainwashing it dates back basically to the korean war um mm. and there was kind of this uh, to some people, puzzling uh, thing about like American soldiers who had been cap captured by the uh, by the Korean Communist armies of just um, you know converting to communism or, or 
coming out against America, America, or, or even um, some of them even straight up refused repatriation. Um, and so there's this question in the public mind of like, what is do what is happening to the minds of our soldiers over there? And um, there was a journalist uh, who uncovered. He found this Chinese, this very poetic Chinese word um, that was um, Zhi Nao is the word, and it, it literally means to cleanse the brain. And he said, that's what it is. You know, it's it's Chinese brainwashing techniques, um, which gave it kind of this weird, almost mystical aura. Right? Like, you know, th- th- yeah. there's this... Um, <laughs> there's a cultural phenomenon called Orientalism in the West, where you, it basically describes the tendencies of certain European types to think of the, the the East as this mystical place where magic is real or whatever. Um, but the thing is, there never was like this mystical technique to wash brains in uh, China or Korea. Um, it was just, it was plain old, good old fashioned torture. You know? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you submit somebody to enough pain and they're going to change their mind about some things. Exactly. Yeah. But you say, you know, it was the 1950s and Freud had been dead for only a decade and the whole world was convinced that, you know, psychology was this coming wave of the modern world. So we, of course, in the West, were all ready to assume the idea of brainwashing was something that was powerful. Now, that's nice. So instead of saying, well, this uh, this is a really bad thing, we just decide, well, we have to learn how to do it better than them. Well, the mysticism thing is like really the, the catch, wasn't it? Like, oh, my God, they have some weird secret thing and we don't have anything. Yeah, well, I mean, and that was kind of the climate of the Cold War, right, of like, you know, we have the nuclear bomb. Russia has the nuclear bomb. We're all going, you know, if if they attack us, we'll all die. If we attack them, we'll all die. Um, You know, and I I mean, in that 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 sort of like imitating your enemy thing, it worked out really well for us in World War Two, right? Like Einstein comes over and says, hey, Germany is building a nuclear bomb. We said, we're going to do it, too. And I mean, that worked out well, but um, it kept. People were taking it to new heights in the Cold War. Like it, there was this question in everybody's mind of like, what's the big, the next big world destroying weapon going to be? And we need to make sure we have it before the Russians. So what you ended up with was the CIA trying like literally everything that they could think of. You know, they were trying to, um, you know, they had they had experiments on like, you know, um, uh, psychic mind reading type stuff, and they were experimenting as well with with this concept of brainwashing. Right. Um, but of course, because brainwashing isn't a thing, and they had no idea how to go about it, they they were really just trying everything, right? <laughs> they were, you know, um, uh, they they were like dosing people with LSD and that sort of thing just to see if they could control their minds that way. Yeah, and so it all ends up to be like a fraud, like you know Yuri Geller's, you know, bending spoons or something. But you know, the <laughs> the vernacular of you know the the word brainwashing sort of took on you know its own meaning. I remember going to youth group and a, and a buddy of mine I invited, and he said, "My mom's afraid that I'm going to get brainwashed by the Christians." So I mean, <laughs> and it's, well, the Italians first, then the Christians. Hey, you know, it was 1960s. You know, blue class. Blue collar, uh, you know, kids all kind of weird fear. But, you know, in many ways, right? I mean, uh, Christians do look at brainwashing as a thing. But you talk about this in your piece that, you know, th- there's a, a an, an antidote to this, which is free will. Right. Um, and, I, you know, I, I brush on this in the piece. I, I know the various Christian traditions understand the will differently. <laughs> um 
But um, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's no real evidence that anybody can literally control someone else's mind, you know, um, and not even in scripture. Like <laughs> the first thing God does is is give people a choice. Um, and so, you know, I, I mean, there is such a thing as obviously torture or, um, yeah. you know, adjusting adjusting incentives around people in various ways um, to get them to think and behave differently. But you can't you can't literally control someone's mind. That's just not a thing. And there's never been any evidence that it is. However, um, there is we're all susceptible to every kind of influence, right? Whether it's the music that we listen to or the stuff we watch on TV. And I'm not talking about like the, I think you mentioned this in the article, the um, the experiment that was done where, you know, the guy flashed eat popcorn, you know, in the movie theater. Yeah. And, oh, the <laughs> subliminal messages. Right, 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 or right. Things hidden in ice cubes and ads. Right, so was that ever determined to work for sure? I have no idea. What there, you- there, <laughs> there's never been any evidence that that works. Like even the, the guy... Uh, Vickery was the guy's name. Yeah. He claimed to um, have run this experiment where he, uh, for people who don't know, um, he flashed the words, you know, eat popcorn and drink Coca-Cola <laughs> really, really fast on the screen. Right. Like it, too fast for the human brain to, to notice it. But he claimed that uh, popcorn and Coca-Cola sales had like shot through the roof at that particular screening. Interesting. Um, other people tried to replicate his experiment. They couldn't do it. When they asked him to replicate it, he couldn't do it. And what it came down to was he couldn't even actually prove he had even done the experiment. Like, it wasn't like he well, ran this... the experiment and falsified the data. He apparently just made the whole thing up to well, well, get headlines so or I can't whatever. Well, I so know. what's really disturbing is that I even know about it. The guy didn't even yeah. do what he said. He just useless. And you bring it up okay, in well, conversation. What, yeah, exactly. Okay, what about, I remember this in the 1980s also, um, backmasking. What's that? Backmasking was oh, like if you listen to uh, Stairway to Heaven. Oh, oh yeah, that, like the Beatles had something hidden. No, wasn't did the Beatles do that? No, it was, was Zeppelin. Well, yeah, but Zeppelin Played is the backwards. one that was that was putting satanic messages oh. in their songs. And so if you were a Christian kid, you know, we had to have summits at churches to like determine burn your Led Zeppelin you had, vinyl. You had to bring your vinyl and you had to put it in the fire so that mm-hmm. you could be free of all that. Luke, uh, you, you remember or were you around even when that was happening? <laughs> I was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was born in 85, so oh, I was I was there for a, a little bit of that, you know. Um, and I, I mean, definitely when musicians were asked about it, they were like, I mean, if, if we really wanted to put subliminal messages in our albums, we'd put stuff like buy our T-shirts or right. something. Okay, <laughs> right, so probably not up. something about Satan. And then you have to listen to it backwards. But now we've gone beyond a brainwashing, so to speak. And now we're all sort of supposedly living in the echo chamber, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, thanks to the Internet, now we can all just brainwash ourselves however we want. <laughs> Great. So we can just listen to all the people who already believe what we believe, and then we can feel like we believe it even more. It's the do-at-home well, model. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> all right. So uh, our time's almost up, Luke. Um, so the bottom line is what? We should like pay attention to what we choose to do? Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely true that the things you experience can influence you um but at the same time you are choosing how you react to them right um there's no such thing as there's no such thing as brainwashing right like you can't blame the things you've experienced for your behavior Mm. um so i I mean that you know if if there's a a pat little sunday school lesson here it's um you know use your free will to um 
uh, do the right thing. Uh, you know, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Walk in the and good works God has prepared in advance for you to do. I guess. Yeah. Okay, um, there, there's Sunday school. Right? That, that's good. And so, and be careful what you watch on YouTube. For right, out right. Yeah. Okay, Luke. Today, talk to us about your podcast. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a podcast I do uh, biweekly. It's called Changed My Mind with Luke T. Harrington. Uh, you can find it wherever fine podcasts are sold. Um, mm-hmm. It's an interview podcast where I talk to people uh, in depth about one thing they have changed their minds about. And we talk about everything from religion and politics to uh, punctuation and pop culture and history and philosophy. It's uh it's really great. Um, we got a new season coming up uh, starting September 1st, and I've got some guests I'm really excited excited about. We're going to have a psychologist, Jonathan Haidt, on it, author of The Righteous Mind, um, and I just uh, just interviewed John Langan, the oh. horror novelist. So, yeah. That's fa- I think that is the coolest idea. I, yeah. I'm so sick of people you know, they don't like what someone said on Twitter seven years ago. Like, you know, our thoughts have to stay exactly the same my as mind. we age. Can we give me a break? Right. That's good stuff. <laughs> hey, hey, Luke, thanks for being with us. We, uh, I'm glad you didn't change your mind and uh, not show up today. So thanks for coming along. <laughs> thanks so much. Yeah, our pleasure. Luke Harrington, as you said, you can check him out online. The podcast is up and running, and uh, we're interested. It's very cool stuff. Luke Harrington. What's coming up next? Did Jesus tell jokes? Oh, Jesus and his funny bone. Dare we say, these have been unprecedented oh, times. If I hear that word, that term, one more time. Take it as you may, right? We have gone through, all of us, a very weird, difficult time mm-hmm. these past 15 plus months. Now, if you've had a child, whether elementary school, high school, college, mm. how do you navigate that god bless you as you went through that period. oh my gosh isn't that the truth every possible challenge so we had kids at grove city college and they laid out a plan of course there were some pitfalls along the way nothing's perfect but through covid and through the oddness of it all they made it through and they made it more than just working through the process i would say that many students flourished yeah. in Grove City. Yeah. That's the surprising thing, isn't it? I mean, first of all, having an in-person graduation was terrific. Yeah. But even more than that, looking back on the year and thinking, yeah, the students survived it. But I really think there was significant growth that happened in large part because of how the Grove City administration and faculty handled their interactions with students on a daily basis. Amen. So if you've got a child thinking about that next step in life, We'd suggest you look hard at Grove City College online, gcc.edu. It's excellence, Grove City College. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate... For MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. 
Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need, 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE, 844-45-BIBLE. Hi, this is Robert Jermolowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 61. Tomorrow, a beautiful start to the weekend. Times of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high of 85. Tomorrow night will be mostly cloudy and humid with a low of 69. We'll wrap up the weekend Sunday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll see a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. It will be humid with a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. sit down at night and uh, you start to go through your, your queue, right? If you're streaming stuff, Netflix or Prime or Hulu or whatever, you know, wherever you are, HBO Max. And something comes up and looks very interesting, but then you go, oh, it's subtitled. Now, is that an impediment for you? Subtitles? No. No. I, I'm, I'm watching my third uh, show made in France, produ- made, written, produced in France. And so it's all subtitled. I don't. You don't even notice it after a while. No, no. Wait, no. You, because while you're reading for a millisecond, you're missing. Okay. All right. The screen. All right. So that's a that's a good point. Right. When I, so I was watching this new show last night, and I was wishing that I could look at the right at the person's face. Right. I was I'm wishing missing, that. Right. I, yeah. I thought that. And the other thing that happened is I was starting to fall asleep. And you know how if you start to fall asleep and you're watching a show, you can still listen to it? <laughs> I can't read. That doesn't too work. too tired, right? All right. It's in uh, French. So, uh, Christy, uh, you yourself, when you watch a show, are you a fan of subtitles? I always have subtitles on. Do you? Me too. Always. I really? do Really? Why, why do you do that? Just because sometimes I'm like, oh, what did they say? Exactly. A hundred percent. Really? So even an okay. American show. Yes. If I've got The Office on, yep. 100%. I'm watching. Really? Always have it. Yep. Yeah, no way. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because it makes it so much easier. And, you know, it's kind of like when you think about the screenwriter, the job of the screenwriter, right, you're missing so much if you don't have those on. The language of the film, very particular, very much care into what's being said, how it's being said. So you want to catch the whole thing. Yeah, but you're also. I get it. I know. You know what I'm going to say. So this show that I watched last night called Olivia. Yeah. Uh, is, is made in France, and there's a lot of really good stuff that happens on her face and how mm-hmm. she's reacting mm-hmm. to things. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I almost needed to go back and watch the episode again. Right. How about uh, sometimes I wish I like you know like the people who are hard of hearing have that like loud thing in their ears. I wish I had that as well. You know what I mean? Well, you want the close what the closed caption? No, I want like you know the you know the. You know, like if you go to church, sometimes people, you know, they need the extra sort of oomph in their ear. What, you want that too? Because my wife and I will go, what do you say? Right, wait, wait. And then we have to go back 10 seconds back. What's going on? So then now we just do the subtitles. So we miss all that. But I'd like to have the extra thing as well. Wish I had like a little chip in my head that I could have someone whispering to that me. That you do have I one. Think, it's, it's called a brain. Don't oh. they have one of those like on like Hulu, I think, 
you have like they they'll speak the stuff to you. So like I mean, it's talking over the people. But that's what <laughs> the you people need. People are already talking. Well, he can't hear it, so exactly. he needs the extra. <laughs> I'm going to try it out. He's fine. He's just cranky. <laughs> I'm not okay. cranky. All right. Com- oh, cranky. Coming up next, the week in review. What was everyone talking about? A conversation that made us think. What'd you eat? What'd you watch? Something that hacked you off. And some good news. That's next. With subtitles. No subtitles. 101.5 WORD. In the Gospel of Matthew, We learn that in order for Jesus to demonstrate he is king with the power to rule his kingdom, he performed many miracles. This week on Through the Bible, we take a front row seat as we follow Jesus' growing ministry in Galilee. Hop aboard the Bible bus and make your way through God's entire word. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Life-changing Bible study with Alistair Begg. Amazing music from Christian recording artist Laura Story. And now... Worship, led by legendary Fernando Ortega. It's the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 28th to September 4th. There's still time to reserve your place to cruise with us in God's majestic creation. You'll be awed by the walls of translucent blue ice in Glacier Bay. Enjoy kayaking, fishing, and explore cozy rustic frontier towns that offer mementos to remind you of your great vacation. A full week cruising Alaska, August 28th to September 4th with Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and now Fernando Ortega. It's all brought to you by Salem Media Group and our travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Log on to DeeperFaithCruise.com and register today by calling 855-565-5519. That's 855-565-5519. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Angie's List is now Angie. Summer is the perfect time to book your next home project. From lawn care to a new patio, Angie makes it simple to connect with pros who can get the job done right. See reviews, upfront pricing, and instantly book hundreds of projects. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, we'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with our happiness guarantee. Check out Angie.com and for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. It's been another week. That means it's time for John and Kathy's Week in Review. What was everyone talking about this week? I think people were talking about the spike in COVID and the Delta variant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people were, you know... Whether you believe the science or not, people are freaked out. I've I've seen a rise in people wearing face masks again. Haven't you? Yep. That's what I think people are talking about. Me too. Okay. Next. 
What was a conversation that made you think? On Monday's show, John, uh, 535, talked to Jay Warner Wallace about Christian celebrity. Mm. And he said something that really stuck with me. He said, you know, we have all these celebrity pastors who've had everything from sex scandal to financial scandal to being thrown out because they're narcissists or have are on a power trip or whatever right, right. it is. But at the root of all of it, he said, is the search for celebrity. So it's not even about the sex as much as it's, a, it's not about the money. It's not about the proof. It's about this search for celebrity. And he said it starts with every one of us and how many Twitter followers we have. How many people comment on our Facebook posts that at the root of all of the issues is something that every one of us can experiences, which is that are we being tugged into yearning for celebrity? Really? I'm surprised to hear that. Do you know, do you because I mean, I, I believe a percentage of the population would would say that. But don't you think there's a lot of people kind of go. That's the last thing I want in my life is any sort yeah. of public recognition. I'm sure that's true. But I think with the people, I think it's a danger for everybody to at least be aware of. Right. Okay, that's good. Well, what I've been thinking about is what we talked about the last three days. Of course, you know, we spent six hours t- talking with uh, the guys about Syria, you know. And, um, you know, the ele- this is the 11th year of the Syrian refugee crisis. And of course, we said this on air. This is the largest refugee crisis since World War II. 6.8 million people have been displaced. When I go home last night, I had dinner with my wife and my kids and having a nice meal. I'm sitting in my house. I'm, you know, and people are living in, you know, mud fields with tents. Yeah. I just, I've been thinking about those people an awful lot and how they survive day to day. Next. What did you eat? I, uh, it was my daughter's birthday this week. Yep. Um, and she decided that she wanted uh, Young's House, which is a Chinese restaurant in Westview. And I want to give it a shout out because we had uh, eight people for dinner. And everything, every last thing, delish. Mm. There's spring rolls. Really? Top shelf. Young's House. Very nice. Right on Route 19. We bought a box of peaches last week. and. Oh on Wednesday of last week, my wife made this gigantic peach cobbler, which we ate Wednesday and Thursday. Mm. And then we drove down to North Carolina on Friday to see family, and we brought peaches with us. My wife made another peach cobbler. We ate peach cobbler Saturday and Sunday with family. Then we came back home and finished off the rest of the peach cobbler Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. See, if I made that peach cobbler, it wouldn't last that long. I've had peach cobbler every day for more than a week. That's what I've been eating. What did you watch? Uh, I watched the uh, seventh season of Endeavor, which is on PBS. It's a masterpiece theater thing, BBC production. And I've talked about Endeavor before. Um, This is the second time I've watched the three-episode season seven. I got to tell you, it is just everything. I I thought Endeavor lost its way a little bit in the fifth and sixth season. But the seventh season is like a throwback to, to the first season. It is so well done. Sean Evans, outstanding. What's it called? Endeavor. Fabulous. Um, I watched this past week this documentary. Now, I know you have a problem with this, but I I love this. It's called The Beatles, Eight Days a Week. And it's a documentary of them as they toured. 
which was very, very short. I'm telling you, it's fascinating because I grew up the sixth of seven kids, so my siblings, they embraced the Beatles. I remember as a kid, this is how old, I remember 1964, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And so they go into this thing, and I'm telling you, this is fascinating. There are two people that make appearances, crazily. Whoopi Goldberg, of all people, sits down and she says, as a young girl, this is what I saw. I didn't see the Beatles as white guys. I saw them as people who were different. I was different. They were different. They allowed me to be different, and I embraced it. And it's fabulous. Later on in the program, someone says, and this is like 1965, someone says innocently to Paul, Paul McCartney, what do you think years from now the cultural significance will be of the Beatles? And Paul McCartney, in his, you know, he's a kid, he's 22 years old, he laughs and he says, what's that, mate? I don't even know what that means. This is all a laugh. And that's what it was for these guys. They were young boys. You forget about that. But they literally changed the world. So whether you like them or not, the significance is interesting. It's a great documentary, The Beatles, Eight Days a Week. What hacked you off? You already brought it up. Um, Just hearing about the refugee plight of those who've had to flee Syria is so overwhelming. I mean, just trying to picture day-to-day life in one of those camps and one day stretches into a week, which stretches into a month. It turns into a year. It turns into five years. I mean, that crisis has been going on Forever. for so long. And I, I just, it makes me grateful for the U.S. that it's a nation with a heart and a conscience, even if we're absolutely broken in, you know, a myriad of ways. Um, I just, I look at Syria and I look at Lebanon. I look at those those countries over there and I think, we have to do something better for these people. Yeah, I agree. This hacks me off. And by me saying this, no doubt, it will hack off a portion of our audience. But most Americans who have not been vaccinated against COVID say that they are unlikely to get the shot and that they believe that they, are work, they work against the aggressive Delta variant despite evidence that they do. So you're not going to get the shot. The evidence is there that it does work, but a a percentage, a large percentage of people refuse to get it. So essentially, it's not going to go away. And that's just what it is. And that's the politics of it all. And that hacks me off. What was the best news you heard this week? My daughter's birthday. Hey, happy yeah, birthday. my oldest daughter, Anna. We had a terrific birthday celebration for her this week. I love her so much. She's so much fun, super smart. I just, she's a joy. Fabulous. Happy birthday. All right, I came home from work the other night, and I let my old dog out the door. And for the first time ever, he disappeared. And we spent almost two hours searching the neighborhood. I found my 15-year-old dog up to his neck in stormwater. And I'm telling you, we, we cannot stop talking about this in our family. It's a miracle. What happened and how it happened, the whole event was a miracle. And we got him back. We found him, my son and I. But I'm telling you, after the fact, we, we, were talking about this, we were talking about this last night. Every day, I'm sure every day in this world, there are billions of miracles. Now, I'm not going to over-spiritualize this, but if I told you the story, you'd go, that's wild. 
Every day there are billions of miracles in this world, and most of us are just blind to them. So the good news is we lost the dog. We found him. There's miracles in this world, and I know God exists because of that. And in closing, you two have anything meaningful for us? One of the things that's really tiring me out is just the amount of information that we're deluged with every day. And I appreciate the fact that we live in this digital age and we have the Internet and I have streaming and I have all those sorts of things. But it's just overwhelming. You can't possibly take it all in. And I read this quote by Kathleen Norris this week, just thinking about the mysteries of God and how we're just so obsessed, either denominationally or theologically or scientifically, just trying to explain everything, just trying to explain it all, explain it all. She said this, silence is the best response to mystery. Kathleen Norris, she's written several books Mm -hmm. that are really fascinating. That's good. I've been thinking about this. Um, The examination of conscience. You know what that is? This is a a, a spiritual exercise. Um, If you would look at, you know, 12-step programs, you know, one of the steps are made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. So the examination of conscience is a really intentional, and I believe... It could go on for a month or more about really sitting down and thinking about yourself and the things that need to be corrected, the sinfulness of your life. So I've been reading about this lately and praying about this, and I'm about to embark on an examination of conscience, and I'm excited by it and what that will reveal to me in ways that you know will be uncomfortable and things that I won't like and how they will break me. So the examination of conscience, I would encourage you, you know, in your free time to look that up yourself and just start to poke around and how you might engage yourself with that. Anyway. Remember what it was like getting together with your partner for a fabulous night out? It's been too long. Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clippers Princess for our date night dinner cruise, Wednesday, August 25th. From 6.30 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers while you enjoy a great dinner, music, and fabulous views of the city skyline. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers. Just $45 a ticket. Don't miss the boat. Reserve your seat now at wordfm.com slash date night. Impact Mortgage Corp. TBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no closing cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. What is the most exciting day of your life? Surprisingly for Neil Armstrong, it wasn't the day he landed on the moon. When Armstrong, a devout Christian, visited Israel in 2007, the government-assigned archaeologist Mir Ben Dove as his personal guide. At the Hulda Gate atop stairs leading to the Temple Mount, 
Armstrong asked if Jesus might have walked there. Bendo responded yes. As a Jew, Jesus certainly used these steps many times visiting the temple. As Armstrong walked them, he said, I have to tell you, I'm more excited stepping on these stones than I was stepping on the moon. January is much warmer in Israel than here. But as you walk the footsteps of Jesus, the real warmth will be in your heart as you feel the same emotions Neil Armstrong felt. Visiting Israel may just be the greatest experience in your life. Imagine Tours is offering a 10-day Israel tour leaving Pittsburgh January 10th. For more information, visit pgh22.com or call 724-287-5151. That's pgh22.com. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. I'm working in a job that I love. Because I was given a chance. To show that my disability is only one part of who I am. Who I am. Who I am. At work, it's what people can do that matters. For more information, visit whatcanyoudocampaign.org. Weekend plans. It looks to be a very nice weekend, a little hot. But uh, there's a lot to do in and around the city of Pittsburgh. Tell Vintage me. Grand Prix okay. at Shenley Park. You ever been there? It's a blast. Uh, I never have, but I, lo- I, I I always look at the new stuff about it and think I should go to that. Oh, it's so cool. It really is. I mean, there's a lot to look at. Obviously, there's a ton of cars, and then you just go down to, you know, Shenley Park, sure. and they're, they're racing around these old vintage cars. It's super cool. So, highly recommended. Uh, tomorrow, practice sessions at Shenley Park at 8.30, and it goes on all day long. So, and, you know... They say $5 donation, but, you know, you, you do what you want to do. You can just go for free if you wanted to, but it's sure. super cool. So Vintage Grand Prix. Um, also, a lot of free concerts. There's a free concert tonight at uh, South Park Amphitheater. Starts at 7.30. Um, Aaron Lee Tijan. I don't know who that person okay, is. Okay, me neither. Um, then on Saturday, there's a free concert. Oh, Star Review at uh, Riverview Park. Uh, okay. Claire Asani. And, um, I mean, there's uh, Carnegie Museum of Arts got one tomorrow night. Uh, Sunday, there's going to Claire is awesome. How about this? Way. Sunday, Lisa Fisher, best known as the backup singer for the Rolling Stones, performs for free at Heartwood Acres. Wow. Wouldn't that be wild? Yeah. Uh, Dollar Bank Cinema in the Park. You want to go see a free movie? Toy Story 4 in Brookline. Uh, Sergeant Stubby, an American hero, is Shenley Plaza in Oakland. And, uh, you know, just things to do to get out and okay. about within the city. Good. I love Clara Sonny. Yeah. You know Clara Sonny? I don't know her, but I think she's a terrific really? vocalist. I yeah. know that. Um, also, celebrity birthdays today, so I'm going to quiz you. Oh, okay. Um, today, we have Daniel Radcliffe, Harry, oh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel, look, because Daniel Radcliffe starred as Harry Potter, you know, as a kid, he's probably been he's been around for literally decades He's one of these guys who has ascended, you know, from film star to Broadway star. Yeah. He's still a young guy. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe may be, maybe 31. 32. Bingo. That's close enough. Woody Harrelson. Oh, there's the opposite. Woody Harrelson. I like Woody Harrelson, despite, you know, his bad boy image. Woody Harrelson's getting up there. Uh, Woody Harrelson is 60. Yes! Yeah, baby. What is that that about? That's the weirdest, that's weird. freakiest skill. That's, that's cool. It's also peanut butter and chocolate day. Do you enjoy that? You oh, yeah. I'm Reese's happy to have it. Sure. How about peanut butter and chocolate ice cream? Never had it. Oh, that's very good. I bet that's a low-calorie treat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs>
right? Who cares? Do you like those Reese's Pieces things? No. No, I don't really no. like those. And I, I love a Reese's cup, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I but, you know, they were kind of weird to me. Anyway, have yourself a great weekend. We'll see you tomorrow. No, we won't see you tomorrow. I'm not seeing you tomorrow. I'll be here. A production of Salem Media Group. 